0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today, we're talking about wind. But first, a thank you to our sponsor. The international Coffee Farms grows and sells specialty coffee from Boquete, Panama. Their specialty coffee sells for a premium to the commodity coffee at auction. And as a landowner, you would benefit from those high prices. The idea of a safe, diversified cash-flowing offshore investment is intriguing to you, check out International Coffee Farms at internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back and we are talking about wind rights. In real estate, when you purchase property, you have the right to that property, which raises an interesting question. What constitutes property? Is wind part of your property? Some might argue that it's not. On the other hand, with the widespread development of utility-scale wind projects, all over North America, in fact, around the world, wind has proven that, like minerals, they have a very distinct value. But is it property? Do you have the right to harvest it? Do you have the right to sever the wind rights from a property and lease those wind rights to somebody else and collect rent for that lease? One concept in law is that something can be classified as property once the marketplace assigns value to that thing. Against that definition, wind could be considered property. This is a relatively new area in law, and frankly, the courts have not fully tested all of the aspects of wind and wind rights. It's fair to say that the treatment of wind rights is gonna vary from state to state and province to province. And this is because the land title system is governed at the state and provincial level, not the federal level in most jurisdictions. And that raises all kinds of interesting questions. For example, if your neighbor erects a structure that disrupts winds on your property, Can you seek damages from your neighbor? What right do you have to harvest the wind on your property? The advent of utility-scale wind turbines and the need for new energy sources has given individuals who own windy property the expectation of a profit. The surface owner holds the rights to that wind has its basis in British common law. At the root of this is a phrase in Latin that means, to whomever the soil belongs, it is theirs up to the sky and down to the depths. The big question is whether the wind rights can be severed from the surface rights. There's lots of legal precedents to sever mineral rights from surface rights. Many oil wells around North America were developed as a direct result of mineral rights being severed and either sold or leased to an oil exploration company. When a developer talks with a landowner to construct a wind turbine, they enter into a contract that gives the developer various rights. These rights include access to the land, rights to construct and operate the turbine, and any related equipment and facilities on the property. Of course, the developers also granted rights to the wind resources on the property. The landowner has the ability to grant all of these rights to the developer since he owns the surface rights. The developer will be using those surface rights for access to the initial construction site and to be able to operate and service the wind turbines over their lifetime in the future. But what happens when the owner of the surface rights is not the same person as the owner of the wind rights. Can a landowner sell the property, yet retain the rights to the air above the surface? This is uncharted territory in most states. Several states have passed statutes prohibiting the severance of wind rights or wind interest from the surface. Another issue that arises has to do with binding the landowner who owns the surface right into non-interfering covenants. And what that means is the landowner may be barred from constructing buildings or planting trees or doing anything that would interfere with future wind energy development. Would any structures of vegetation disrupt the flow of wind? Another factor to consider is that cities and towns derive their legislative power from the states and provinces, depending whether we're talking about the U.S. or Canada. And since wind is a relatively new phenomenon, at least from a power generating standpoint, some states and provinces have held on to the power to determine where wind power generation can be placed. That means that certain towns that maintain the right to issue building permits and have control over land use through the zoning process don't even have a say on where wind turbines can be placed. They fall outside the definitions in the zoning rules. The states have held on to that. This too is an area where the legal system and the rules are going to need to catch up with the newer technology. As you're thinking about this and wondering whether wind factors into a piece of property that you're potentially looking to acquire, turn off the air conditioner, open your windows, and enjoy the fresh summer breeze. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.